to the square. Curnow had a there where he wanted. One bite, not the second. Motlop might be hunting a third here, and he finds a way! Jesse with three! Quite, a, quite hard to get his chance. Jeremy Cameron sharing it with Tannenbrook. Back to Holmes, back to Jazz. Eh? He's going to run the 50. Can he get a late goal? Looks great off the boot. A touch of brilliance from Jezza. Across the shoulder, Nick Dacos has threatened the goals a couple of times this afternoon. He's threatened as Nick Dacos. And the crowd love this young man and what he can do to put the demons in front. It is there! Unbelievable! Well, MPO Sports Podcast is here with yet another thrilling episode of the AFL component of our uh, podcast. It is the 18th of July, 2023. We're getting very close to the business end of the season. And in a week, actually the morning after, Robbo cuts loose on 360. And I must say, there is a lot of love for Mark Robinson's comments around the Dustin Martin incidents. What are your thoughts, Woody? Um, yeah, <clears throat> hard to disagree with him. Um, if that was first, second-year player from Fremantle or Gold Coast or whatever, um, that would have been a week for sure. Um, oh, if, if it was Toby Green, it would have been a week. Well, here's the thing, though. With incidents like that, though, I don't know how they can be graded anything other than intentional. Right, anything off the ball surely has to be graded intentional, doesn't it? Uh, well, you only got one intention off the ball, haven't you? Yep, that's right. Um, so why not just make anything that's graded intentional a mandatory week? <clears throat> and no, well, the foundation should be a week, and then yep. you got to look at the, aggr the aggression level, yep, and you know, like. I know we don't like to adjudicate on the outcome, but if you fed ink and break someone's jaw because you elbow them, it's worth more than one week. I don't oh, care that's what right. that's, says. That's what I mean. Like, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, it's only one week, but that that's your base. It's a minimum week. Same as when someone gets that's referred it, directly. Yeah, so when someone gets referred directly to the tribunal, it's a minimum three weeks. So anything, anything off the ball... <clears throat> should be graded intentional and anything graded intentional should be a minimum week because that's how you stop this Personally, off the wall stuff. Fines, fines that don't matter. The club pay them anyway. Yeah, and look, for me, I reckon there's a, a first-year player running around in St Kilda's forward line that has every right to be disgruntled to see Dustin Martin get a fine and he retaliated against a Collingwood player and because the Collingwood player gets concussed when he takes a dive from the, the tap, he gets three weeks. And that's Caminiti. Yep. And, again, that's because he's a first-year player and he's not a three-time <clears throat> Norm Smith medalist and Brownlee medalist and whatever. And let's weigh into the factor, too, that he was actually face-to-face -face with the person and um, it was a retaliation because he got jabbed first. Yeah, I've got no issues with um, um, penalising a retaliation. But, um, yeah, I still stand by everything I've said before. Well, 
I, I don't worry about, look, yeah, penalise the retaliation, but penalise the instigation as well. Oh, yeah, that's right. Let's be and, honest, there would be no retaliation that if case, there wasn't the an instigation, would there? Yeah, and in that inst in in that situation, there was nothing thrown at the instigator because um, he got concussed. And as as Jeremy's joined us, um, what do you reckon about Dusty just getting a fine, Jez? I didn't think it surprised us, but do you think it should have been more? Uh, well, why don't they why don't they just let everybody elbow everybody? Yep, <laughs> that seems to be the. Uh, Seems to be the way to go. Then. You're not going to get in trouble for it. It, it. depends who you are. That's that's the thing, though, isn't it? That if that was um, who's the <clears throat> who's the um, the Irishman? The he's got a first year Irishman at your club. I'm pretty sure he probably would have got a week if that was him. Yeah, I reckon, lads. I reckon the man that summed it up the best. Was was the guy that you would have missed out on me mentioning about at the start of the episode because you were still de um the uh, top you know desensifying yourself from bloody uh, basketball, but um was Robbo like Robbo just come out in three sixty and said, "Kids, on the weekend you can elbow um the opposition and there's no penalty." Yeah. So what I what I was and saying he's, before. And he's right. What I was saying before, Jeremy, is with the instance like that dusty one, and you know, let's not mm. pretend he's the only one that does it. But when you got stuff like that that's just well off the ball and outside of the play, um, how do you grade it anything other than intentional? And wouldn't it be simpler just if anything's graded intentional, it's a minimum week? Maybe he's at his beer fridge looking for a. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I do. I, I do apologise. I'm trying to make uh, Bluetooth earphones work on my phone because I'm having <laughs> laptop issues. Huh. Did you did you did <laughs> you hear the question? So if you want to re, you want to re ask me. So I just said with I mentioned before you joined us um, with incidents like that Ooh. dusty one. Um, how can you grade it anything other than intentional being so far away from the ball? Um, and should, wouldn't it be simpler just if anything's graded intentional, it's a minimum week? Well, it should be, yeah, it should be a week minimum. Uh, hey, hey, don't do that. You'll cop a week. Just, it's it's pretty simple things. because what, what was it, a $1,500 fine or something? I don't think Dusty cares about that. Yeah. <clears throat> no, no. <laughs> It's fifteen hundred bucks to him. It's fifteen hundred bucks the club's going to pay anyway. It's not coming out of his pocket. Even if it was coming out of his pocket, fifteen hundred bucks to him is like fifteen bucks to us. Yeah, exactly right. It makes no difference, does it? No. And you know what? The thing is with what he did, if he gets that player higher, let's say he gets him in the head, right? He could fracture an eye socket. He could break a nose. You know, like he's just lucky he got him where he got him. Yeah, that's right. As I said, great. Anything off the ball intentional. If it's an intentional, it's mandatory weeks. It's pretty simple. Yeah. But and the AFL's messaging an elbow. The AFL's messaging never matches up with their um actions yeah. anyway. They say one thing and no. their their rulings are <clears throat> the opposite. Well, you and you and I are both avid UFC fans and we know what an elbow can actually do. Oh, we, we know what an elbow can do to someone who's half expecting it. 
Correct. Let at alone no point. At no point on a footy field should you expect an elbow. So the damage is going to be a lot more if you can't brace for it or prepare for it. Are you Mark Robinson's love child? Because that's exactly what he pretty much said. Oh, I only saw the. Uh, I didn't even see what he what he had to say. I just sort of read snippets of it this morning and what you've said tonight. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's hard to argue with, say, with the crux of what he said. Oh, look. It's not often I disagree with Robbo. I'm one of the rare ones because I actually don't mind his insight on the game personally. I just hate it when he has an opinion, he comes out and says it, and you get the usual social media friggin' movement that start demigrating him as a person. You know, um, oh, he's on the grog again and he's yep. this, he's that. It's like, he's, well, um, no, he's actually quite an astute um, person on the game personally. He's um He gets a similar treatment to Kane Corns, doesn't he? Because people just, people think that it's <clears> cool <throat> or you have to disagree with them. But let's be honest, I would suggest that between the two of them, they've got at least a 90% strike rate of being correct. Yeah, and um, it's they put it in a very now context too, both of yeah. them. The biggest the biggest issue people have with them is that um, they think for themselves and they don't just agree with the narrative, which is what Jared Whateley does. He used to be good when he was on ABC, but since he's gone over to SEN and he's um, Hutchie's love child, he just bump, beats a drum. He doesn't think for himself anymore. Robbo does, Kane does, and people don't like it. And I, I would suspect people wouldn't um, – there's probably not as much interest in the 360 when Robbo's not on it, I would suspect, if I could no. see ratings, because people that don't like him watch it to be able to, you know, bring up his drinking problems that they reckon he's got and this, that and everything else because they don't agree with him. Like, the thing is, they don't come out with anything structural that actually defuncts what he says. It's always, let's just defame the character, which, you know, he must be on the pulse if that's their only line of have attack. You, um, have you ever, <clears throat> Jeremy, have you ever seen social media go into meltdown over anything that Jared Waitley said on 360? <clears throat> Uh, not that I recall. Um, and it happens a lot with Robbo, would you say? Yeah, that's why that's why the show works because exactly Jared's right. always very, Jared's always very measured, and Robbo's he's unhinged. Um, that's not a bad thing. Not at all. He like he cares, but yeah, Robbo, uh, love him or hate him, he cares. that's what people watch for. Yeah, and he seems he sounds like someone who's talking as if he doesn't care about. Keeping, keeping his job. He doesn't care about but yeah. you know what he cares about more? The game of Australian rules yeah. football and what it used to be. Yeah. And look, in in um, Robbo's defence, when he was on about kids, you can go out and do this on Saturday, he did emphasise he was being sarcastic because of his frustrations. Yeah, straight uh, away. And, yeah, yeah and, and look, to be brutally honest, Disagree with him as much as you like. I just cannot stand how people just have personal jibes at him on social media just because they don't agree with him uh, and they just, don't have anything structural. <clears throat> those those arguments when people just attack his cat, it's the same as with Kane Corns. I'll say, oh, you know, how'd your career go as a firefighter and all this sort of stuff. Um, if that's your argument, it means you've got nothing intelligent to offer. And I'm not just saying with football, I'm probably saying in general. Yeah, just yep. nothing. Yeah. So, have we uh, have we actually talked about the footy so far? Or? No, not at all. Not at all. Why don't we? All since right. you brought it up, why don't why don't you start us off with Geelong? Oh, it must well, be listening. 
<laughs> well, he wasn't here last week, so we probably should try him a bone. <laughs> um, well, I, I will point out uh, there was a drum I was beating, and I was beating it quite a lot on this pod, and you may recall, Woody, I said our backline is just not going to function properly with a Sava Radigalier in it. Did I was I not banging on about that for weeks and oh, weeks? It, it does sound familiar. And unfortunately, um, I'm going to have to agree because I've been put through that pain a few times this year as well. Yeah, and so, again, um, I it, it, much like Robbo, you're not wrong. No, I've been I've been proved right. And, uh, well, by all reports, I don't think he's coming back into the senior side anytime soon. Um, because uh, I think Sam, Sam De Koning's he's had to he, he's taken a while to find his groove again, but he's uh, sort of playing similar footy to what he did uh, last year. Also, we have got Jack Henry back there, and so it allows Tom Stewart to be that floater. And I think I think as as flashy as he might have been, I think um, radically it was just you. He was a fly in the ointment. Yeah, then. <clears throat> um, it, wasn't, it wasn't good for the mix of the chemistry. Well, I think I'm I'm gonna gonna um sort of jump what piggyback off what you've said here. Um, did I did I not mention as well that um he's they tried him back because he didn't work forward, and if they, he doesn't work down back, then he's probably not got much of a future in the game. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not saying he he personally has performed okay, but um, I don't think it's been to the I don't think it's been to the betterment of the of the back six or the team. No, um, some and the, the back six had, and I think he's got I think he might have had some communication issues with the rest of the back six. He um he's he's gotten the most he's gotten the most that his football. Ability has has allowed him to do. I think his his athleticism, athletic qualities far outweigh his football qualities. Um, and I think yeah. that's that's what we're seeing now. They tried him forward. They've tried him back. Um, and I don't think you can do much else with him. Yeah, I think uh, at at most <clears throat> at most he's there. He's there in case our ruck stocks get really low. And that's about the only role I can see him playing from here on in. In twenty, but even then, he's not going to be able to carry carry that ruck duty for three, four weeks either, is he? No, it's going to be a band aid no. solution, and that's it. Um, and there's you probably can't justify a... you probably can't justify a list spot for someone like that. There's um, a few Geelong, pl- yes, Geelong, yes, Geelong's ruck um, stocks is pretty substandard for a team coming for a premiership last year, though, isn't it? Yeah, oh, I, th- I think people massive massively underrate Reece Stanley. Oh gosh, I'm, I'm not saying no. I'm no, I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying he's Brody Grundy or Max Corn, right? Well, he's not Brody Grundy because he's getting a game. <laughs> no, he's not Brody Grundy. Not, no, I'm not. Like I'm not saying. I'm not saying he's Max Corn, but. Um, yeah, he's he he was a he was a fair contributor as well to our sixteen game winning streak last year. So but I'm just going to say but that, that's, that's to anyone who watches the games. He's not, but then 
chucking Max Gorn in your analogy this season, I would argue, is probably not a great comparison because, yes, this round, he's, Max Gorn himself was better than what he has been, but he's been pretty ordinary this year, Max. Has he been yes, ordinary he has, or has he, he been ordinary by his standards? By his standards, yeah. So I would um, suggest he's probably still, I'm going to say, the fourth best Ruckman this year behind Sean Darcy, Tim English and Rowan Marshall. He got a bath by Marshall. Him and Granny both got a bath from Marshall um, yep. two weeks ago. And killed him but, at any rate, um, back to Reece Stanley. I <clears throat> It just, it's just, it just seems like whenever he's talk about, it, he's automatically dismissed. I just, I don't see him as so being dismissed I, that automatically. I sort of see what you're saying, but him being underrated, and by no means does that mean he's one of the best six ruckmen in the competition. But I that's don't not what think, I'm getting at. No. That's what I mean, and I don't think he's probably in the bottom four or five ruckmen either. He's probably. You know, if you took a look at the 18 starting Ruckman, um, maybe he's in the, the 9, 10, 11 range. And, and, well, other... and if, you, if you see John Segler running around for Geelong, um, I almost sort of shut my eyes whenever he does anything. So John, Jonathan he... Segler, to be fair, and look, I, I, I'm not going to say again that Reece Stanley's a world beater, but John Segler makes him look like one. Yeah, but can I also so say, Jeremy, rock, yes, uh, rock, stocks is plural, mate. You're just talking about one person. Stocks is plural, and we're saying Geelong's ruck stocks is probably in a bit of an Achilles heel. Well, I suppose if you're comparing it to, um, I suppose if you're comparing it to, say, Melbourne or. Um, so, Forget comparing it to anyone. Who are, who are your ruckmen? So we've got John Segler. Would you say he? Segler, Stanley. Um, Toby Conway played his first VFL game. Uh, that's it uh, this week. He's a ruckman that they drafted, I think, a couple of years ago, in, yep. and he he was in like he was in like the top twelve. But, but realistically, draft. you've got three to pick from there, don't you? You got Stanley, Segler, and Radagalia. And we've determined that Segler and Radigalia probably aren't up to AFL standard. So overall, your ruck stocks are pretty slim, is what Tim's saying. Stanley's capable. Oh, I, think, I think most teams you'll find past their first choice ruck, and their stocks are pretty slim. Yeah, but their first choice ruck, I would say, you know, most of them, um, and this goes into where we say, you know, where Stanley fits maybe mid-range, Half the competition have a better ruckman than Reese Stanley. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I agree with that. Um, I just, I, I, I just don't see how he's just dismissed flat out. No, no, no. As I said, he's a middle of the range ruckman. You're not gonna, you're not gonna pay overs for him. And if someone wants to offer you a, a, a obviously not at his age, but if someone wants to offer you some some draft capital, you've got to look at it at the same time, don't you? I'll say a first first ruck and it first ruck and he played in a premiership side last year and that's not always the good marker but he 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 had to contribute enough not 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 only then but through the finals too. But to, um, for, like, for the team to actually get through. 
when you're talking a tap ruckman, he's certainly probably not that. He's more the one that's no. going to try. He's going to try and run the other ruckman around. Yeah. And I but just don't anywhere near enough work around the ground for the what he should be doing because of the style of ruckman he is. That's let's just be my, honest. How many how many genuine tap ruckmen are there in the competition right now, though? Well, probably you, a handful. I wouldn't yeah, call. I, I'd call. I'd call Sean Darcy one. I couldn't. I wouldn't call um, Tim English one. Uh, no, I wouldn't. Um, Mark Pitnett, Riley O'Brien. Yep. Um, yep. And we're probably towards the end of the list now, aren't we? Well, yep. then, then listing it that way, it makes Reece Stanley probably even more substandard than what I thought because I was sort of saying that he wouldn't compete in that department as much as well as most other ruckmen. But um, he should be probably making up. He doesn't do enough around the ground to make up for it that he should be doing. But I believe he's capable of doing, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, played, half makes sense. I think. I think. I think if you ask his coach, I think if you ask his coach, his coach would say he plays. His he does his job well. week in, week out. Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, yep. um, so that's all he needs to do. So, let me that we're moving at that stage where we want Ruckman to be getting over 20 possessions, you know, 15 to yep. 20 possessions or more. I don't – how many possessions do you get each week? Um, I think it would be the high I, teams. I, I look at, I look at, I look at uh, quality rather than quantity of possessions. Look, yeah. Well, uh, this is – Are probably... helpful? Is he, t- is he taking marks? Is he grabbing marks down forward? He's doing, he's doing all those things. Yeah, all right. You're, is... you're saying quality. What's his efficiency? Oh, he, he plays an effective role within the team. Like, let's not talking without knowing numbers. He plays an effective role within what the team asks him to do. If he remembers to bring his uniform and put it on, run out on the ground, that makes him effective. Yeah. Um, Sorry. I'm, there's I'm, a, I'm not going to stand here and bash Reece Stanley. There's, as a much as getting around, there's a rumour getting around to him that he also ties his own shoes. So... Don't completely well, discount him. Yeah. Not bad. Um, let, let's look at Geelong's next four games, Jez. Um, you got Brisbane at the Gabba this week. Let's uh, let's write that one off, shall we'll scrub, we? We'll scrub, yeah, we'll scrub that from the record. We'll just cross that <laughs> off. We, we don't we don't expect much there. Um, yeah, we've got we've got, got, got some home games coming up. Um, yeah, and, and, um, and Freo, Freo at GMHBA. Um, that should be a formality. Um, the way Frio going. Mm-hmm. The week after that, um, you might want to you might want to bring your A game in round twenty one against Port Adelaide at GMHBA. I think Port have a decent enough record there too, don't they? I think Port are just uh, taking the foot off the pedal to really hit September. Yeah, but you know, those last three games are probably they'll prime themselves for. Um. Yeah, and, and then, we, then and we play Collingwood. Yeah, I think after that they, you play Collingwood. No, no, no. Do they want to play all their cards against Collingwood? Um, who knows? But it's a it's a tough yeah. month, really, isn't it, for Geelong coming up? It's not. Yeah, it's not easy. It's not. It's easy. not so if it, we get, so if we, if we make the bottom half of the eight, we'll deserve it. Yeah, um, that's right. Um, I'll get and there. You on probably, I'll get there on that. You could probably just as easily see them winning some of those games just as much as you can see them losing them. I don't think you know. Um, Outside that Frio one, um, I don't think you'd be overly confident going into any of the others. Yeah, 
game. I think we got we've got a game against St Kilda, a game against the Bulldogs at home. Um, yeah, but the the Bulldogs, which Bulldogs are going to show up? Um, they're they're a mystery bag, really. Yeah, yeah. I'm, the Bulldogs really annoy me. Um, so yeah, in in summary, nice win against Essendon. Uh, we we tend to beat up on Essendon anyway, no matter where it is. So I I took the took the points and the percentage and moved on pretty quick. Yeah. Tell you what, um, I tell you what actually disappointed me in that game was, um, <coughs> excuse me, the uh, lack of Essendon supporters whinging that it was at um, Scumbag Stadium. Um, was, it to, was it Essendon supporters or was it the media? No, well, normally Essendon supporters whinge and carry on about um, why isn't it the MCG or all that sort of shit, and they didn't. Yeah, they, which it, it, it was disappointing. Speaking far of, for a, far, far for, a, for a for a home team to play at home, I mean, yeah, that's right. So, but um, speaking out. speaking of disappointing, Tim, that's probably the perfect segue to St Kilda. Anyway, um, I see uh, Manchester United are uh, <laughs> almost a new goalkeeper, so <laughs> I'm pretty uh, ripped and excited. <laughs> And I also yeah. believe Tam were leading um, the Spurs 2 0 last time I checked. Uh, no, 2 1. 2 1 it was, yeah. 2 1 now, yeah. yeah. So, um, <clears throat> no, just on um, St Kilda, um, I don't believe it's the will that's wailing. It's the um, kids that probably shouldn't be playing 18 of 18 games at that stage of development is probably not helping as well as the um, top end not doing what they should be doing. You if know, they're I, down... It's... That that might sound like an excuse for some people, but um, the very first season of any player's career, no matter how good they turn out to be, um, is probably the longest season of their career, isn't it? Yeah, and it's like the it's like the first time they've done as an intense pre-season. Like, the, obviously, they've always done pre-seasons at a reasonable level for their age group as they go up because they've always been in the elite. But it's a big difference from, you know, under-18 competitions, pre-season to Even state league competitions. But th- that's the thing. Yeah. And um, uh, it's, yeah, even, even state league players... Um, Fair enough. Yeah, it, trainings and stuff might be hard and whatever, but you've um you've got a day job as well, and then footy's on the side. Whereas this, you're just constantly living and breathing the football club, and um, probably more so in the early years. Um, as you see, players get on a bit. They they have outside interests, um, which yep. probably helps them later in their careers. But I think with the younger players, um, they probably absorb themselves fully in the club and the game to probably try and make a positive impression. Um, so once you get to this time of year, they're probably physically drained as much as they're mentally drained. Yeah, and look, St Kilda have really been found out in the department of inside 50 delivery um, the last probably six weeks. And they just continually, like, I'm pretty certain 
St Kilda's midfield will get the three votes from the Melbourne game in Melbourne's best and fairest um, from a couple of weeks ago because all they did was just bomb it and kick it to one of the two or three defenders. Um, St- Stephen May didn't have to do a lot that night, did he? No. And, look, I I put Stephen May in the same category as that Maxwell wanker that played for Collingwood that they don't actually necessarily play on anyone. They just stand in a space and kick it to him. Um, I, think, I, think, I, think they, I think that's actually a position now. I think that's a position. I think it is. So guards is a position. Yeah. Okay. I think it is. Yeah, it is. You look at you look across the league. Um, Tom Stewart does it at um, Geelong. Is he ever really accountable, Jez, or does he play that loose man? Yeah. I think. I, I think you can call the, the likes of uh, Jordan Ridley, uh, even. <clears throat> Even uh, even McGovern at West Coast, he doesn't yep. seem to play many people. That all uh, that well, being he... said, all that being said, <laughs> I'm going to trust Stephen May one on one against the forward more than I will with um, probably the others that we mentioned. Yeah, look, I I still think there's only one way to stop that sort of defending um, is basically you don't kick it to the dickheads, you kick it away from, them. lead yep. elsewhere. Yep, don't just but yeah, yeah, probably. But, for all the doom and gloom, Tim, um, at the end of this next round, you're probably going to end up fifth. <clears throat> you reckon? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, For all the doom and gloom. But, uh, well, that's say, right. Say, say Geelong, Geelong get rolled by Brisbane, and as expected, St Kilda can St Kilda account for North Melbourne. Yeah. You'll, you'll jump Geelong into fifth. Yeah. So for all the doom and gloom... So but that, being, that being said, we've said all along this year that um, this year, it's not about this year for St Kilda. So whatever happens with them happens with them, but this is this is the foundation for next year and the year after and the year after. So I think they're in a good spot overall. And, and, I, and I do think moving forward from this year, they need to put... Um, Messiah in the bloody guts. They need to be making sure Sinclair's in the guts more often. They want, they need guys like that that are delivering the ball into the 50. Yeah, get your cleanest ball users up the ground. And also, too, I, I flirted with it last week when we were talking. St Kilda really do miss Jack Higgins. Yep. In that forward him. 50. Yep. They, they probably miss him because more than they'll miss Max King. That's right, because he actually provides, similar to Stephen Milne, provides another lead up forward when you're going inside 50, your lead, you know, lead in. Yeah, we'll, he's not we'll all his praises many times this year. Yeah, and, and he's more, more than just the crumbing forward. He's happy to be a lead up, you know, sort of, in, you know, give you a leading option. So... Where Butler's more your um, crumbing forward. Yeah. But it's, it's but a anyway, foundation for next year. <clears throat> yeah, and it's maybe even beyond next year, but there's a lot of people, before we quickly move on to um, your mob, that it's just starting to throw out a bit of frustration in Ross, the boss's direction on a lot of the St Kilda um, groups and whatnot like that on um, social media, which is a little bit silly, but anyway. Well, so you're, so you're in nine wins. You've got North coming up. You've got Hawthorne after that. Win either against 
Carlton, Richmond, or Geelong, and, and you you've it. got up to twelve. You got up to twelve wins there. And yeah, I, I don't see why you couldn't beat Richmond at Marvel. It's possible. And uh, and to be brutally honest, the Carlton game's not a given for Carlton, even on their improved form. So. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised if St Kilda won all the remaining games except for the uh, Brisbane one, isn't it? Is that the last round? I think so. It might be Brisbane last round, is it? Brisbane at the Gabba? Yeah. You've got a home game against Geelong in the second last round. And, he, and even that game, because that's at Marvel, St Kilda mm-hmm. give themselves a chance um, if they come to play against Geelong. Yeah, so for all the doom and gloom at the moment, they could actually still end up making it, so, which would be a win for Ross Lyon, I think. I think um, moving forward, that would be a win for a couple of these first-year players and, and ones that have only been around for a bit over 12 months to just get a finals game under their belt at this really stage of development. To get some exposure. Yeah, I believe so. Um, yeah, I, it, that's a thing, like... It's, the St Kilda got off to a very hot start this year and they're, they're likely to um, reap the rewards for that towards the back end of the season, even though they've had a few losses and especially the one to Gold Coast on the weekend. Um, they're probably still going to make the eight um, on the back of that probably first five or six weeks. So um, they're, they're in a good spot going forward. Funny enough, I'm talking to one of the guys from work and he was saying that he, his crew were talking, um, his team were talking about the season and they actually reckon St Kilda had a good run home. So, And on the back of what we've just said, he's probably not far wrong. Yeah, there, so. it's not, not too many. As you said before, um, you know, there's a few of the youngsters that um, probably, probably um, finding the season to be a bit long. And, um, yeah, that, that's all that's happening there. They're a young list. We knew that. And, um, yeah, that, they'll be better for it in the coming years. That's true. So I think um, we really need to maybe take a quick break, um, let Woody do a bit of research on his um, Falcon of the Week, and um, Jeremy will probably need to go get one of his little boutique brewed beers, and we'll be back on the Ooh. other side of the break. Sounds like a plan. Well, we're back from the break and Woody has been off bloody doing a bit of research on Falcons, but uh, we'll leave that for the last part of this uh, episode. He's going to talk everything that's Carlton. And unfortunately, anyone that's think Carlton's had a great year, the way some of their supporters have been on social media after they win on the weekend. So, you know what, though? It's, <laughs> when you knock off the second-place team by 50 points, you've probably got a right to be up and about a bit. But you know what? It's not actually really the Carlton fans that are carrying on so much as it is the other fans. Um who are saying that, you know, Carlton fans are talking flags and all that sort of stuff. Um, there's no Carlton fans talking that. Um, of course, the way the way they played the last month gives you a reason to be a bit excited, 
and have a bit of optimism, but no one's talking flags. It's other supporters saying that Carlton fans are doing that. But um, um, what one thing that you can tell, one reason you can tell why those opposition fans are doing that, and it's mostly coming from Collingwood and Essendon fans <laughs> from, from my experience, is um, they're trying to discredit everything Carlton have done. So when they won the first three games of this run, by 50 plus points, they say, oh, but look at the opposition, you know, it was Fremantle and um, Gold Coast or, oh, not Gold Coast, Fremantle and Hawthorne and whatever. Um, and now that we've knocked off Port, they're trying to make excuses for Port saying, oh, but, you know, they had injuries. Well, let's look at the injuries that Port had. Um, Scott Lysette, that's a big out, I would have thought. But um, Carlton were also missing their number one ruckman. So that probably balances out, wouldn't you say? I would have thought. Um, I would have thought the biggest judge, though, is Port have been up for how many games? They were due to have one of those games where they're not quite up because they've been uh, up for a fair while. They were up for it, but even <laughs> even Port Adelaide not being on their game, um, playing a team that was in 11th position, they shouldn't be losing by 50 points by any stretch. But should Carlton have been in a position, a position if they had applied to what they've got on, oh, you know, well, what, if, what if, their potential is, though? That's the thing. If Carlton had played the last month and applied that all year, who knows what, what they'd, where they'd be sitting. But um, we'll go keep going through Port Adelaide's outs. Um, Jason Horn-Francis, he's a, he's a key cog to that midfield, would you say? He's, uh, he has been a part of the dynamic. Um, did he want to go home? To, did he want to spend the night with mummy and daddy and not come to Victoria? What was his problem? I think, I think that was part of the problem. But um, would you also say that Matt Kennedy is a key part of the Carlton midfield rotation and it probably negates Jason Horn Francis? Yeah, I think he's in your starting 18. <laughs> yep. So those two, I mean, and I'm not saying, you know, that Pitnett's better than I said or Horn Francis or Kennedy are better than each other. I'm just saying there's like for like in terms of the roles that these players play for the team. Um, Willie Rioli, he was missing for Port Adelaide. Uh, Matt Owies was a laid out for Carlton. Um, so that that negates each other as well, would you say? I would think. Um, Charlie Dixon was missing for Port Adelaide. Um, what, what do you think is easier to manage? Um, your, your number one forward being out and you knowing that all week and preparing for it, or you losing one of your key forwards 10 minutes into the game and having to adjust on the fly? Well, I was waiting for Tim to beat that drum about the Harry Mackay theory. Uh, like without the the, the, the the forward line functioning Carlton without Harry in it. Did Harry not play? Because I've just wiped Carlton. No, he, no, he, um, he did, hurt his knee about him. 10 minutes in. And um, maybe he'll that, be out for... Maybe that was the reason. No, he'll be no, out for six um, to eight weeks. That could be mean Carlton play finals. <clears throat> yeah, but the, the thing is, though, that's, that, that's a much bigger disruption than having a key forward out knowing and planning that he's going to be yeah. out. That's almost like when King went down against Melbourne. Because I, I still think St Kilda played pretty well. I just... Just, you know, just inside 50. Sometimes it makes your forward line, if it happens on the day, equally 
as much as you're down that play, it makes it a little bit more unpredictable because well, Port Adelaide are prepared for him. Well, well that, that's the thing. So as much as <clears throat> Carlton didn't prepare for Harry McKay um, not being in the forward line, Port Adelaide prepared for him being there as well. So it probably threw a bit of their workings um, out the door as and, well. And when, and when you're an interstate team and you prepare for a certain thing, I would be guessing that they probably... Well, how many plays were they brought over? Where if they were the home team playing against your mob and he went down, they might have had, you know, a little bit more availability to try and make their decision on who they use as it. Oh, I don't oh. know. Anyway. Yeah, but at the end of the day, um, both teams had key, key <laughs> role players missing um, that probably negate each other. Who, um, came in from, who came in and who was the emergency? No, so... So Harry McKay got injured about ten minutes into the game. Yeah. So who who was sub, who subbed in for him? Paddy Dow. Paddy Dow. So they lost a key forward and chucked in a midfielder. And Matt Owies, he hurt himself in the warm up. So Jesse Motlop came in for him. And also at one point, I think in the second quarter, kicked four goals in a row. So probably a handy replacement. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. Um. So you you were kind of getting it down to Kerno, but Kerno was providing a contest. Mm. And, and getting Motlop the ball. was relishing. Yeah, and getting the ball to ground. But, um, um, but there, there, there's enough reason for Carlton fans to be excited, but let's, um, let's keep things in perspective. West Coast this week, um, as you mentioned before, in your St Kilda um, talk, um, the St Kilda Carlton game is going to be 50-50 game, um, no matter which way you look at that. Um, one thing... who. <coughs> Who, who did, did you watch the Carlton and Port Adelaide game at all, Jeremy? Um, very, no, very minimal parts of it. Yeah. Okay. Would it would it surprise you if I said that um, the bloke that got Carlton up and going early in the first quarter and the second quarter was uh, Jack Silvani? Yeah, yeah. No, I think he's uh, he's. I, I was baffled that he was dropped in the first place when he was. Um, <laughs> Is that the same Jack Silvani is probably going to be wearing red, white, and black next season? Oh, geez, I hope not. Um, he, he, this is the thing that people, people, especially yeah. Carlton fans, they go on, oh, you know, he wouldn't have played 100 games if his name wasn't Silvani. Um, I actually think quite the opposite. You wouldn't judge him so harshly if his name wasn't Silvani. Look, he, he got taken at pick 56 or something in his draft. Um, go back and look at that draft. You won't be able to find 20 players better than him. So rather than judge him on his surname, judge him on being a third or fourth round pick, which is what he is, and I think you'll find that he's been um, great value. He's a solid, contrib- solid contributor, and he's, he's intelligent. Well, Do uh, not I'm be glad surprised. you brought that up. I'm glad you brought... What was that, Tim? Do not be surprised if he's um, swapped... In, in the deal to um, get the great uh, Jade Gresham to Carlton. Yeah, what, it, what we need more than anything else is another shit kick in the team. Yeah, so that'd be brilliant. Well, um, you're bound to get him. Um, I'm glad. What was that word you used to describe Jack Silvani, Jeremy? Intel- intelligent. Yeah. So in this day and age where we probably got more athletes than footballers in the AFL, um, People get mesmerised by someone that can run fast and jump high. Um, 
Jack Silvani can't do either of those things. And I'd probably, you know, you know, if if we run a competition of um who had the smallest turning circle, I'd probably put money on a Mack truck over Jack Silvani. But um he makes up for that in intelligence. You'll be hard pressed to find five players in the AFL that are smarter on field than him. He he is a genuinely natural footballer. Just he he makes good decisions. His foot skills aren't always up to scratch, but you can just see that he's he understands the game and he sees things that others can't. And that allows him <clears throat> to play the role that he does. You, you can tell that he's thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and you know, I don't think he's thinking a lot, to be honest. I just think it comes naturally to him. <clears throat> I'll tell you who Carlton supporters were ripping into um, uh, after the game was um, Dow. There's quite a few I've seen on social media bagging the absolute bejesus out of the man. Ah, uh, there, there's always going to be those ones. But um, we've got Adam Chera is going to be missing next week. Jordan Boyd's going to be out for three weeks because apparently you're not allowed to tackle anymore. Um, so Paddy Dow should come in and he should play a full game this week. So um, let's see what he can do. Do you rate him? Um. I don't know. What I do think, though, is he's not been given a proper chance. Given his VFL form and the way he's played, um, I think you'd find at any other club, if they had a guy playing in the VFL or the Waffle or the Sample or whatever, um, putting up the sort of numbers that he has at VFL, they would have been given an extended run in the senior side. What's he, um, uh, his foot skills like? Um, look, not, not great, but let's be honest. <clears throat> Um, foot skills aren't a prerequisite for being a member of the Carlton midfield. No. <laughs> so what he does do is he works all day and he gets in good positions <clears throat> um, and he tries to just drive the ball forward. He, he's not he, – he, he doesn't look for these cheap handballs out the back. Um, he'll win his own ball and he tries to make things happen and he tries to move it forward when he does get it. So – um, I think he just needs a chance. Um, and that'll be at another club next year. And good luck to him, I say. I hope he does well. Maybe it'll be Dale and Silvani for Gresham. Yep, no, that sounds like a more than fair deal, yeah. You idiot. Oh, and, <laughs> and maybe a pick goes your way as well, like pick 150 or something. Yeah. <laughs> which, you'll, which, you'll, which you'll pass on. Correct. Yeah. Uh, So go. I think I, that's it. I, I don't think I've got much more to say about about Carlton. I think yeah. Actually, the one thing that I will add is, as good as the last <clears throat> month has been, um, maybe we've left our run a little bit too late. That's that's my only concern. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of people predicting you'll get eighth spot and St Kilda will go out. But I actually think St Kilda's. Run home as we discussed is giving St Kilda every chance to play finals. But yeah, anyway. that's all, and you know what, it could very well come down to that St Kilda and Carlton game. Whoever wins that might. What's that in round twenty three? I think I don't think it's in the who, last. Who round. you got in the last round though? GWS. So again, another team that's going to be fighting for that spot. And GWS at GWS. Nah, it's in at um, Marvel. <clears throat> But they did travel this week and they won, so... Yeah, that's right. So, 
So there's a there's there's a log jam there from seventh down to about eleventh or twelfth right now. Actually, probably even yeah. further. All right. Well, that's Carlton in a nutshell. Now I believe there would have been a falcon or two. Yeah, there was there was two falcons. Um, I'm I'm only going to really give attention here to one of them because it, it's everything you want to see in a falcon, really. Um, in the second quarter against West Coast, Jack Rewalt leading up on the wing, flies for a mark, completely misjudges it. The ball goes straight to his hand and hits him square in the face. That is, that is as good as a falcon gets, really. And it went, and the ball went a fair distance after the falcon too, didn't it? It did. It was what? So it had the full gambit. It, yeah, as I said, it's it's everything you want in a falcon. Um, so a massive shout out to Jack Rewalt for providing <clears> us with that. That's was there blood? No, there wasn't. It's probably probably the only thing missing. But um, yeah, well, if he didn't, if he didn't in the snoz, it's probably got to be a seven out of ten then because yeah, no, it'll be worth at least two. No, I, I, I'll, probably, I'll probably give it an eight because he did have to jump for it. And he he was at full speed and he and he got up and it and it slid through his hands and hit him square on the in in the nose. So um, it was a fair effort, Jack. But um, there's room for improvement and um, not just for him. If someone else wants to better that, um, we've got six weeks to do that. So th- thanks, Jack. Okay. Anyway. And, and if anyone is listening and wants to um, throw some falcons our way and direct us to to when they do happen, don't don't just limit yourself to AFL. Um, there was an absolute perler in the Major League Baseball the other day where um, the shortstops dived across to to stop the ball and it's bounced up and hit him in the face and cost a run. So that was fantastic. And there was one that's, a couple of weeks even, ago. That's even better with the baseball. Oh, there was one a couple of weeks ago as well. There was a Falcon assisting home run, which was brilliant too. All right. Both balls and stops either. I must say. I'm hoping hoping the Ashes can provide us with one. That'd be good. Oh, that could could be stitches. (laughs) Hopefully it's an an Englishman. I don't care who it is. Just back to football for a sec. Um... If you're a player, you've been subbed out, whether or not you think you should have been subbed out or not, fair, but um, if your coach is ringing to give you an explanation on the phone, is it wise to tell the person passing the phone to shove it up their ass? And then when they try to hand it to you again to repeat the dose, is that wise of a footballer? Um, no, you probably take that call, don't you? Well, I'm putting you on um, watch, Morris Rioli Jr. See, see, that's the thing. You you take the call, but do you have to listen to it? Probably not. Yeah, you, you, look, I on these podcasts with you, blokes. I'm yep, okay, yep, okay. I don't listen to you. That's all he's going to do. No, no, just just give the impression that you're making some sort of effort. But like, treat it. Yeah. <laughs> Just treat it, Jeremy, like your wife's talking to you about you needing to mow the lawn or clean the yard. Just, you know, just pretend that you're there. You know, no, 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 no. Let's get this, let's get it right, Jeremy War. Let's get this right, my friend. 
That'd be more like you harping to Kim that she's got to get out and mow the lawn and do this, that, and everything <laughs> else because we know who maintains the outside of the house, and it's not Jay Wharf. <clears throat> I, I maintain the inside of the house. Yep, I hope you've done the dishes. Yeah, more words. There were, there, were, there, were heaps of dishes, there were heaps of dishes to be done after a double quarter pounder <laughs> and large, large fries. I'm, I'm sure with kids, they always use a cup for each drink, even though they could just rinse it out and have another one. So I'm sure there was dishes. No. Yeah, no, there's, we got too many of those, yeah. It might be time for Gareth to come around and visit. <laughs> I need something to help. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I guess we've come to the end of yet another enthralling uh, episode of What is MPO? <clears throat> and maybe... Just maybe next week we reach out for a guest, whether it be a P. Kimber or a uh, C. Shields, one of, one, one of, just to spice it up a little bit. Um, yeah, I I think um, probably probably Phil's overdue. We had Shields on a couple of weeks ago, so maybe yeah. we can, <clears throat> um, can revisit the Phil Kimber realm. Philip Kimber, and can I point out to all the female listeners out there, and I'm sure there's oodles of them. Chris Shields is going. We'll do it. We'll do a Facebook Live one, and Chris can wear his his porn attire, which is pretty much oh. him walking around topless. Well, I don't think um, he's, just, he's, <clears throat> he hasn't graced us with his presence on one of these pods with a shirt, has he? <laughs> no, I don't no, think he has, no, not not to my knowledge. <laughs> and, and 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 considering he's got probably what last count twelve kids to twelve mums, he obviously <laughs> likes having a crack. <clears throat> well, you know, so you got to give the people what they want. And I thought the love god was Phil Kimber, but he's all but married. No, he's he's <clears throat> dropped the ball, hasn't he? But um, luckily, he Chris has picked it up. <clears throat> I don't think Chris has picked it up. I think Phil was chasing the ball that Chris had, to be honest. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, um, it, it's almost like, just before we go, it's almost like those that have watched um, Happy Days back in the day. And I remember there was an episode where they referred to Richard Cunningham as disturbed apple pie for his face. I think Phil Kimber's more of a smashed apple crumble. Yeah, I think you'll uh, um, cut that, to a, be honest. We have on a, we have on a, a we, I'll say we, we have on a previous podcast, not name, not name this one, um, referred to, uh, <laughs> referred to uh, uh, Philip's facial, uh, <clears throat> Philip's <throat> looks, uh, but we will let, we will let him fill you in on that next week. So that, that might be a good question. In fact, I might, in the intro, ask him exactly that question. But um, let's be honest. When when the lady folk look at Phil as a partner, they look deep inside, and he's found someone that's got X-ray eyes. So he's fine. I, I like how we, um, we're all partaking <laughs> in this um, conversation as if we're prized possessions ourselves. It's good. I've been eight. Turn it up. I've been to the barber today. Got the hair yeah. done, the beard trimmed. No, Look out, ladies. 
None of us are Chris Shields, is that we? The, you, you've been to the barber, you've got your hair done, you've got the beard trimmed, and the best you can do is a Zoom call with me and Jeremy. <laughs> and I've got the Homer Simpson pyjamas on. But, you know, hey. Who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want that? <laughs> That's it. Anyway, I think it's time. We've obviously talked a lot of dribble at the end, but um, just stay tuned for the next couple of weeks because we will bring on Mr. Kimber, and then we will bring on Australia's answer to Johnny Holmes, Chris Shields, and he'll be probably a separate week because we just don't want to have too much testosterone on one episode because it might just drive the lady fan base of this podcast wild. And uh, who, so, who do we have to thank? Who do we have to thank for editing? I was editing. about ready to do that before you, you um, held up the idiot card to tell me that. <laughs> and basically, it comes down to Josh Watson will be doing some editing. Good luck, Josh. I hope you've done a nice hard shift at uh, the South Melbourne McDonald's and you'll be right ready to go when you get home to do it. And he will be tuning in with a bit of zig, Zaggy 2's um, violet, uh, violet velvet tones. <laughs> and and um, I must say, uh, Woody, how do people communicate with us? Um, smoke signals. Smoke signals a good way to go. Carrier pigeon is another one. Um, Make sure you raven. open the window before you throw the carrier pigeon out of the house, though. No, that's a good tip. Send a raven. <laughs> yep. Um, but also, um, <clears throat> Facebook actually, you can do that. MPO Sport. Um, get some interactions with us there, where we post the Falcons on there a lot too, which is good. Um. Or Twitter at NPO underscore sports, where we also post the Falcon videos. So really, if nothing else, just jump on and <clears throat> search for the Falcons. And also, too, on social media, we might start um, you know, putting out a few photos of these, um, what we call male models that are associated to our podcast in Phil and well, Chris. Like, no, uh, we want to we uh, widen our demographic. I was going to say, we mm. want to lift our base, not scare them off. But anyway, yeah. whichever way you just want to well, go about it. Just before we go, the final word I will say is, imagine Jack Rewald after the Falcon with a nose spread all over his face and you got Phil Kimber. Anyway, that's enough. Time for us to go. It's Huru from me. Huru. See you later.